Hi, and welcome to the Kintsugi Life Podcast, episode 003. Today's topic, entrepreneurship, work, and business. If you want to contact me, you can reach out at toby at kintsugilife.co if you wish to provide feedback or suggest any topics you'd like covered in future. Right now, let's get into the content. Hi, and welcome to episode 003 of the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. Over the previous two episodes, I've tried to give you an introduction into how I believe the principles of the ancient Japanese art form Kintsugi can be applied in the lives of those who wish to learn, develop, and grow as they work through hardship and challenge in their life. I've covered the concept at a high level in episode one, and in episode two, I've talked about how I believe Kintsugi can be applied in our relationships and in our heart as we move through challenges in our relationships in life, whether those be our romantic relationships or in our family relationships or relationships at work. In today's episode, I want to dive in in a bit more detail as to how I believe Kintsugi and the Kintsugi life movement can be applied to business and entrepreneurial growth and as, as we work through challenges in the workplace. Now, this is probably the biggest area of impact in my own life personally. As I mentioned in episode two, um, the Kintsugi life movement kind of came about in my life as a result of my divorce. But in later years, being able to learn from challenge, expect adversity and difficulty, but also to see that as an opportunity to grow and to develop and to become a better version of myself has really been most applicable in my life as an entrepreneur. I think it's, it's unavoidable to uh, conceive that you're going to get through your day-to-day -day working life without any kind of hardship or any kind of difficulty. Um, what we tend to face as people who, who obviously go to work, you know, whether we own our own business or whether we're an employee or whether we are kind of doing a mix of both, which is where I find myself at the moment, there are always times of challenge. Uh, those challenges can arise out of uh, the difficulty we may find in doing the work. It may arise out of the relationships we, we have while we're at work. So, you know, working with a difficult boss, for example, or, or potentially managing the influence of, of co-workers or difficult customers or difficult suppliers. You know, there's, there's all sorts of potential sources of difficulty in the workplace. One of the biggest impacts for me has been in managing the, the difficulties and adversity that I face from time to time as I try and grow my movement. So Kintsugi Life is a good example of that and the divorced lifestyle design movement that came before Kintsugi Life are both areas in which I've sought to kind of wrap up my, my experience and to try and create products and to create a service for people who I believe I can help. Now the challenge obviously comes when you're working through that process and you're trying to you're trying to do something you're trying to create something you're trying to kind of put yourself out there with the the associated vulnerability and the difficulty that people face when they're undertaking such activities and the reality is it is extremely challenging it's extremely tough to go through a process where you're putting yourself out there and saying to the world, hey, here I am, you know, here's something I believe could help you, here's something I've created for you. And then to, to potentially be greeted by a number of different responses which aren't really what you're looking for. 
So responses I've experienced have been kind of pure disappointment in, in the fact that there seems to be an apathy within the customer base where either people aren't there, people aren't listening, or, or what I'm putting out there as a brilliant idea isn't getting appreciated, it isn't getting the response I hoped for. Um, and you tend to then project all sorts of personal interpretations onto that where you feel like you're, you're kind of doing something that you want to help others and, and you're getting nothing in return. You know, people aren't even engaging with you. So that can be an extremely difficult challenge to, to overcome. And the biggest part of that is really about dealing with the negativity and the adversity that rises from within you. Um, you know, it's not a malicious act on the part of divorced people the world over who've kind of failed to, to kind of engage back with me when I've collated articles for them on how to weather divorce or as I've put books out there to help people to, to work through the process of divorce. You know, it's not malicious on their part, but what it is, is, is just something that, you know, potentially I'm not meeting them in the right place in their lives. You know, I'm not kind of going out there and, and potentially finding them where they are, but rather I'm trying to anticipate where they are and, and then put something in their faces. And you know, a lot of times it isn't malicious in the slightest anyway. You know, people aren't looking to, to ignore me. They're not looking to to kind of knock back my efforts to help them, but simply, you know, perhaps it's they're not reach it's not reaching them. You know, they're not seeing things on their Facebook feed, or they're not encountering my books on Amazon, or they're not hearing the podcasts. They're not seeing the messages I'm putting out there to my email list. And 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 so really, it's the difficulties aren't so much in overcoming an, an adversity from those customers. It's about overcoming the adversity from within myself. You know, there are things obviously also though where you know, I'm looking for immediate results in my in my efforts, you know, whether that's I write a book and then I put it out there for sale and then wait to see the sales come flooding in. Um, and you know, life isn't like that, you know, think people aren't necessarily sat there waiting for the next bestseller from, from someone like me who's a relative unknown. Um, I'm not Stephen King, you know, I'm not JK Rowling, I'm, I'm just a guy who's trying to help others by capturing the experiences and the things that I've been through and then send them out there into the wider world. And, and as such, you know, perhaps it's not realistic to expect a, a, a swelling of sales the minute, the minute the book is out there and on Amazon. Um, and what I've had to learn is, is a process of patience, you know, so out of that adversity, out of that, that repeated process of putting something out there and then waiting to see results, you know, it's about expecting that there are going to be delays, expecting in, uh, in terms of the results that you're going to get. And actually, you know, working around that, you know, managing my own expectations and not allowing myself to, to lose to lose face or to lose morale or to lose belief in what I'm doing or to lose sight of why I'm doing it, but rather to be prepared for that and to, to learn from past experiences of releasing books and knowing that it, it can take 12 to 18 months before I see any kind of solid sales from them. So, you know, that's just another example where, you know, there is a, a, a lack of response and a lack of immediate results that I have to manage because it's about how I conduct myself. There's also the outright, you know, responses that are negative from the market. So there's the, the trolling of uh, posts on, on social media. There's the, the comments that people come back with. For example, a recent, a recent episode for me was in releasing a book on dating after divorce. My intention was to help people to understand the process that I've been through as I've kind of divorced, gone through the various mindsets of being resolutely single, desperate that I was never going to meet anyone else, determined that I was never going to meet anyone else, through to actually then, over time, going through the healing process and opening my mind again to new dating and relationships. 
and to then going through the process of, of actually meeting people and ultimately forming a new happy successful relationship with, within which I'm married. But I created that book and put it out there for the market and you know some people look at an advert for that book and they would say well depending on where they are in their divorce they may feel well actually a relationship's the last thing I ever want I don't want to have it anything to do with anyone ever again because I, I won't be able to trust people and you know you have to deal with that that kind of commentary from people and you have to respond to those people in a fair way and expect that you know they're just reflecting how they feel about the situation at the moment and they feel so strongly that rather than just ignoring an advert for a book about successful dating and relationships after divorce, they feel a need to kind of almost lash out and, and let you know how they think and feel about it. And, and actually that, you know, they're, they're just trying to get something off their chest and help themselves through the process. So, you know, not all responses that appear malicious or appear uh, kind of negative are actually truly negative or truly intended to be malicious. You know, they are just people working through their own challenges and working through their own process of healing. So that's one specific example there where I think there are um, potential sources of negativity that you do have to anticipate and you always do have to try and return to what's the real trigger behind what's happening here? Is it the person actually expressing their own dissatisfaction or is it me projecting my own interpretation of things onto that? So, you know, those are the kinds of entrepreneurial activities that I'm, I'm undertaking at the moment as well. A similar one is to, is the, has been the creation over time of, of membership sites where I've recorded digital training products and put those out there. Again, gone through a lengthy process of, of creating the, the kind of model for helping people, creating webinars where people can get introduced to the content and see if there's something in there they want to explore. And again, you put, I've put out adverts out there for people to join a webinar to hear more completely for free. Uh, and with no obligation to purchase a product at the end of it. And yet, you know, you, you think you're offering a good service to people or a, a worthy service to people, and then they don't turn up. You know, people don't sign up for the webinar. And that, again, is a massive source of potential disappointment. Over time, you overcome it because you realize you have to refine your message, you have to refine your approach, and you have to worry less about selling to people and more about actually serving people, helping them through pro uh, problems that you've faced. You know, the, the very essence of the Kintsugi Life Movement is to help people to heal, help people to learn, help people to grow and strengthen as a result of adversity. And it's purely, you know, me sharing my experiences and other members of our community sharing their experiences of challenges they've overcome. And so, you know, adopting a mentality about sales is the only measure of success isn't applicable there because you know if you really are dedicated to serving people selflessly uh, and you know putting their needs first and trying to assist them genuinely out of a desire to help them learn and to help them grow then you have to almost abandon all hope of, of selling and, and actually treat it that you're doing the right thing and trust that if there is a, a, a living to be made out of this or a business to be made out of it that that will follow by adopting that service mentality. So that's a few of the difficulties that, that I've, I've wanted to help people to overcome. And I guess what I'd like to share now are kind of a few little pointers briefly as an introduction as to how I believe the Kintsugi Life principles can be applied in that learning and in the process of applying the, 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 the mentality, if you like, of strengthening and growing through challenge rather than just taking it as consistent series of knockback, knockbacks and difficulties and disappointments. So. I guess in essence the key thing is that we need to be prepared and we need to be able to learn by adopting those appropriate systems, tools and strategies and the mindset 
fixes, if you like. I'm reluctant to use the word hacks, but you know, that's a term that's used a lot these days to, to kind of equip us as entrepreneurs or as employees to better equip, to be better equipped basically to weather the challenges and to just keep on going. So, you know, you may face adversity in your life as an employee or as an entrepreneur or a business owner or whatever your status is, but the key thing is in equipping yourself based on your past experiences and the things that you've learned and the things that you've read about other people and the things that they've learned in their challenges is to prepare yourself and to then apply that learning when the challenges come up. So, you know, it's it's really about making sure that you don't just get through one, one difficulty after another and think, well, that's another hump in the road, I can forget about that now, but actually taking on board the learning. You know, if your business faced a difficulty of, of cash flow at some stage and you kind of got through that process, you figured out a way through it, you don't just ignore cash flow then again until it becomes a problem the next time, but rather you, you become more mindful about the importance of managing cash flow and the techniques that you use to get over, over the difficulty. Um, if your difficulty is about uh, managing a difficult employee and, and developing that person or managing a disruptive employee and, and how to dismiss them from your business. You know, you don't, you don't just forget the lessons you've learned in dealing with a difficult employee. You may recognise the need to become better at actually helping your employees to grow and, and managing people better so that they don't become a disruptive influence in your business. Um, you, may, you may face other challenges such as managing the, the, the diverse different roles that you need to fulfill as an entrepreneur and you may risk burning yourself out at times by trying to do your, do everything yourself but once you realise that it's a false economy and that perhaps you are better outsourcing some activities or getting some assistance in even if it seems a cost that you can't bear at that stage then <clears throat> excuse me then it really is a, a good prompt for learning that the next time your business is growing or the next time you find a new role that needs fulfilling you don't automatically leap to the conclusion that you should just do it yourself to save money because you know you risk burning out again. In reality, you, you take on board that learning that you know new roles that come up that if they stretch your capacity or they stretch your skill set, you're better off getting other people in to do them. So in every problem and in every adversity and challenge, there is an opportunity there to learn and to apply that kintsugi lens to that difficulty, and then to take it forwards as a means of growing and developing your business. You know, if you create a business that's actually focused about helping people and meeting them where they are and solving meaningful problems, looking at the pain points that are keeping them awake at night and causing them dissatisfaction or hardship or difficulty, then you're far better off um, and you're far more likely to create a business that's actually going to be endearing and enduring rather. Um, you know, you, you want to be doing something that's not just about, here's a product I've created, now go buy it. It's about actually serving a community of people, you know, and every successful business that you look at, um, that's been the ethos underlying how they do things, you know, whether that's from Apple who create visually appealing uh, products, phones, laptops, etc., that, that kind of engage people who want to send a message about who they are and what values they have, through to you know, any, any other business, you know, an airline or a, a department store or whatever, everyone is kind of trying to to meet people where they are and meet a certain niche of people who have a certain need or a want and actually to just serve them, you know, not just kind of go out there with something that, that's conceived on, you know, in isolation, but actually to meet people where they are and say, this is what I've got for you. Do you want it? And I guess, you know, the key thing is 
every business that's founded to actually meet a, a customer need is far more likely to grow and far more likely to succeed and therefore far more likely to avoid you feeling those adversities and those difficulties as they go through the process of serving their customers. So I recently was reading um, the two autobiographies of Richard Branson, the, uh, the chairman and founder of the Virgin Group. And I found it interesting that, you know, regardless of the businesses that he's, he's created, and obviously there have been many over the course of his life and his career, that they all seem to follow the same model um, of how they've come about. You know, so his very first business, when he, I think he was still at school, was um, the student magazine that he founded in the 1960s because I think he felt that there wasn't um, a, ma a publication that was actually serving students and providing the the level and range of information that they wanted to receive. You know, they wanted open conversations about um, birth control and funding and, and drugs and things like that, I guess, that, that people weren't talking about. And so he saw it as a, as a student himself, as a means of, of serving and meeting that need. And, and actually that thing, that business and that, that magazine, that grew and grew. But, you know, it's a different business than his airline. But similarly, actually, if you look at how Virgin Airlines came about, Virgin Atlantic, it was ultimately born out of the fact that he saw airlines as being these kinds of stuffy organisations where people like British Airways or BOAC as they were, weren't really kind of serving customers. They weren't being a friendly face of travel. They weren't being a kind of a flexible organisation that actually met the needs of the customers, but rather they were providing a service. This is what we have. You know, we can get you from A to B, our staff act in this way. And that, therefore, you know, do you want it, basically, was the message. And he actually felt that there was a, a gap in the market for an airline that treated people as individuals, you know, a service-oriented business that actually was friendly, where the people on the plane were friendly and, and fun and, and brought a sense of fun to the process of travel rather than treating it like a formal uh, bus, if you like. So, you know, in each instance, there are two completely different types of business that one man has created, both of which were formed on the basis of meeting a challenge and finding a challenge that people had or a, a dissatisfaction that people had with the current offerings and then creating something that actually served that need and met people where they were and giving them what they want and as a result he's been vastly successful as everyone knows. So I guess that's pretty much what I wanted to cover in this podcast and I guess there's two takeaways for me on this and I'd, I'd welcome you to sort of get, go away and have some thought, give some thought to these things and then you know, come back to me if you have any comments or, or questions. So the first is really about making sure that as you go through your day-to-day -day working life, whether you're an employee, whether you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, a solo sole trader, a solopreneur, or whatever the terminology is, you don't just treat each difficulty as something you overcome and then forget about. Actually, you seek in each opportunity an opportunity for learning an opportunity to grow and to, to prepare yourself and equip yourself to move forwards and face that same challenge again at some point in the future, but better equipped to do so. There's a vast array of learning opportunities out there, not just to wait till you have your own experiences and, and to then grow from those, but actually to take on board other people's experiences, you know, via books and seminars and trainings and, and all sorts of other sources where you can learn about the difficulties others have faced and then take on board that learning, but also treat every learning opportunity you have in terms of adversity or challenge as a chance to grow and equip yourself better. 
And the second thing to take away is to really look at your business and reflect on your business and just determine if you genuinely are A, being genuine and true to yourself, not just creating something because you think there's a market for it, because ultimately you will get ground down by, by the process of, of trying to just create something just for the sake of selling. And to instead think, is this really solving a meaningful problem for people? And is it really capitalizing on something that I have experience of? Because I can guarantee you, if you are able to tick those boxes, then you're really going to be equipping yourself far better to be able to carry on and deal with all the resilience that's required to, to keep on with that endeavor as time goes on. You know, it's far easier to, to commit yourself to something if you truly believe in it and you know you're adding value, you know you're giving, giving great service to the people who, who you want to give service to for the right reasons. And it, it enables you to deal with the adversity and to deal with the occasional challenge and the occasional trolling on social media and the negative feedback that we all receive because ultimately you believe in what you're doing. So I hope those two things are key uh, and clear to you. And I hope it's useful. I hope that you can see now the way that the Kintsugi Life lens can be applied to business and work and entrepreneurial growth. Because I think it's a vastly useful and valuable area in which to apply learning and to grow and strengthen so that we can, we can be better. We can be better in work. We can be better entrepreneurs. We can create better and more successful businesses by overcoming difficulty and growing and strengthening. So I guess that's it for this time. I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you found it valuable and useful. And I'll look forward to catching you next time. Take care, bye-bye. This has been the Kintsugi Life Podcast from Toby Hazelwood. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it useful and I'd welcome feedback or contact from you to let me know your thoughts. You can reach out on toby at kintsugilife.co. Thank you.